1: We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the
0: fat. Mmm, bacon.
1: Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show.
0: Oh my my God. You
1: didn't expect that, did you? No,
0: I didn't. I did not. (laughs) I like
1: to just pull them out of the hat, that way you don't know what's going on. I
0: know, and I don't ever ask beforehand, because I want to be genuinely surprised, and I always am. I can't (laughs) believe you haven't broke out our cat voice yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to write that one down for next time. I know. Oh, no. Don't do it next time because now I'll be expecting it. We didn't put the animals up. Oh, my God. We did not put the
1: animals (laughs) away. (laughs) That's okay.
0: You might hear some scurrying, but if you follow us on Instagram or anywhere else, you'll know that we have two furry beasts that live in the home with us. Um, Luke the Golden Doodle and Glitter Kitty, or Litter Kitty. She's a monster.
1: Yeah, and she goes around and antagonizes the dog. She she goats him into chasing her.
0: Yeah. And, and here, it, here it's they really come. funny
1: and here they come. So,
0: this is episode 25 by the way, and we're going to be talking about rest and recovery.
1: Yeah. Oh my we sure god. Are. It's like go. a
0: zoo in here. What is happening? Okay.
1: Rest and recovery. Okay, this is one of the things, uh, you know, we talk about working out a lot, and we talk about the diet. One of the things that most people don't talk about is rest and recovery. What is proper rest and recovery?
0: Right. And, you know, this is something that uh, we have to experience ourselves because I like to push myself, and sometimes I'm not very good at taking rest days. You see me on my rest days, and I'm not exactly happy
1: yeah it's hard most but if you look at programs if you're programming something for you know if you're sitting down as a personal trainer and you're programming uh what someone's going to be doing around that four or five week mark you always program in a recovery week and that doesn't mean you don't do anything it means you do you're still going to be active but you're going to program in some type of recovery and we'll we'll talk about what that what that can be but what it is 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 your body works in these phases and it goes where you can push 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 But your body has to recover to keep going on.
0: Yeah, and this is, gosh, this is something that I've had to learn myself because learning the difference also between when to push and when to not push your body into an injury, that's been a huge thing for me, too. Which, if you, if you could see me right now, I'm, I do have an injury. I have an, a little shoulder impingement, <laughs> and I'm having to baby that for the, this last week. So, no fun. And,
1: and injuries are something you're always going to deal with, and what we see is when people cross over and they, they change their diet, and whether they want carnivore or, or ketovore or keto, and they start feeling a whole lot better, immediately they want to start working out. and that, And that is completely appropriate.
0: Oh yeah, <clears throat> we did our run this morning. In fact, I'm I'm still sweating. I don't know about you. I cannot stop sweating. It is so humid here in Texas right now, and I, <laughs> we ran this morning. It was horrible. It was horribly hard because of the humidity. And now I, I swear it's been like what two hours almost since we quit, and I can't stop sweating. <laughs> Yeah, it's just ridiculous.
1: Humidity makes it difficult. And and that's one of the, things, the reasons we're talking about the rest and recovery is because uh, I hit a, I hit like a wall last week. And we had what we right. had done was is, is we have been doing carnivore for...
0: Nine months. Nine months. Over nine months. And
1: we felt really great. And people kept telling us, oh, that's not going to last. You can't do it. It's only temporary. Blah, blah, blah. So we decided, hey, let's crank it up. Let's, let's start working out really hard. And we've been hitting... You know, about two workouts a day, consistently every day. Yeah. And cranking up the mileage, how much we run, how much we lift, how much time we're spending exercising. And uh, what I didn't uh, take into account is is the recovery. And I pushed it really hard for about five weeks because I went back and looked and how how long we've been doing that. And for it was about five weeks. And I noticed last Thursday, my body took a a energy hiatus.
0: It just went no.
1: It went, no, it went. we're not
0: doing that anymore. No,
1: I went out to run. I probably got about a quarter mile into it and realized my body was telling me to stop.
0: Well, I knew something was out because this was Friday morning when we normally do our sprints and we do a three-quarter mile warm-up and I was keeping up with you. And I was like, either I'm really fast today or he's super slow. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I just didn't, I didn't feel it. And, and instead of doing what a lot of people will do when they don't feel like working out is uh, they'll, they'll, they'll push through it. Uh, you know, uh, the, one of the things we teach about the diet is to listen to your body. Listen to, you know, and we talk a lot about hunger. Listen to when your body's hungry or not hungry and don't eat when you're not hungry or stuff like that. Also listen to your body's energy levels. Like if, you, if you've got a six-mile run planned and you, you, just, you just can't get out of bed or, or can't get going, your body might be telling you something.
0: Right, and this goes into that huge idea when people come into a ketogenic diet or a carnivore zero-carb, whatever you're doing, ketovore, then people will automatically think, oh my gosh, when I do this, I'm going to have unlimited energy. I'm going to be able to just go, 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 go. I'm never going to have a bad day again because I've eaten keto.
1: Right, and that just turns out that's not true.
0: No, you know, even um, like... We were talking. We we had a new grandbaby, by the way, guys. Yeah. Um, that's on our Instagram post, and he's named after my dad. He's our second grandson. Super excited about that!
1: And he came out all hairy and jacked.
0: He did. He looks like he has biceps. It's crazy. My daughter in law eats like a more of a Weston A. Price kind of diet. Mm-hmm. So very
1: healthy. She
0: eats very healthy. Lots of good healthy fats. And he came out. She had an easy, easy birth, and you know, easy time. Well, as easy as it can be. And then um, he looks. He's he does. It's like he's got these little biceps, but. Anyway, where was I going with that? You
1: were talking about working out and recovery. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Listen to
1: your body, and and you just threw out the the digression of we had a baby.
0: Yeah, well, I wanted to get that out there. Yeah, because I felt like everybody needed to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so rest and recovery, whatever I was saying.
1: Well, listen to your keto. Bro-
0: keto. Yeah, and, being
1: keto doesn't mean you're going to be you'll, you'll all always have energy and never be tired.
0: No, it doesn't mean that. And we were talking, where I was going, I remember, <clears throat> we were talking to my son, and he was mentioning that, you know, he kind of went into the carnivore diet with that assumption of, like, I'm going to have all this energy all the time. And he was like, oh, I woke up one day, and I was really tired, and I was surprised by that. Right. And that's that kind of, like, high expectations mm-hmm. that... You could get really disappointed if you come in thinking you're never going to have a bad day.
1: And that could be for so many different reasons. And this is the other thing about listening to your body. You could you could just... Uh, it could be... Allergies could be high that day. And you could be suffering from allergies. You could have come in contact with someone that was, that was sick and your body is fighting off a sickness. Um, right. You could have been training really hard and your body's just tired. There are so many different things that can be the reason for you not feeling optimal that day.
0: Exactly. And that's, like you said, we really try to dial in to listening to hunger signals. We talk a lot about that. Um, Eating when you're hungry, not eating when you're not hungry, and how to intuitively eat. But we really have to also listen to those signals of energy, the energy signals. And, you know, if you wake up one day and you have... Uh, you feel kind of like down, like your body's fighting something. There's no reason to go out and try to kill a workout.
1: Yeah, you don't have to kill every single workout, and that's that's the um, the thing that you see online. You're all, you know, everybody's always like, you gotta get in the gym and crush it. You know, don't take any days off. Oh, okay, yeah, but <laughs> you you have to take some days off because your body needs that time to to grow muscles, to recover, to get ready for the next phase.
0: Oh, I know, and when. even when you and I both have had surgeries or different things, a couple of things that have happened in the past, and both of us were really bad about taking recovery to even repair from a surgery. So we're really horrible about taking days off from working out or pushing ourselves. And this goes into your body just has to have that time to repair.
1: And I think most people are like that. When you feel like you, you took a day off, you kind of feel like you have to make up for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't do that to yourself. Give yourself a day off. And, uh, you know, it's better if they're planned. If it's a planned day, day off, then it works very well. It's the unplanned days off. Like I had last, I, I took last Thursday and Friday off because I just, I had no energy. And the, the pitfall there is to overstimulate.
0: Oh, yeah, because we like coffee. We do the carnivore diet, but Mm -hmm. we still really like to have a cup of coffee.
1: And we try to keep our coffee to a a normal lever. uh, Lever. (laughs) Pull the lever, the coffee comes out. It's in my mouth. You know, uh, just a a couple cups a day. Don't overdo it. And I'm not drinking four cups a day. Um, That way you're not overstimulating. And that's what some people will do. They'll feel like, hey, I'm tired. I was tired yesterday. I might be tired today, so I'm going to take you know, an extra pre-workout, or maybe I'm going to have two cups of coffee today. Uh, Just don't get into the the constant overstimulation of your body because that can also have negative effects.
0: Oh, yeah. Because, and we've talked about this before, uh, about how when people overstimulate, it's going to affect your adrenal glands, which is going to end up affecting your blood sugar your overall health, your hormonal health, everything, and then you're just going to eventually crash and be that person who needs to sleep till nine o'clock or beyond, and you can't get out of bed because you just your adrenal glands aren't working. You're just spent, and we don't want to get that way. No,
1: I don't want to get that way because I because past Steve, there's there's three Steves. There's past Steve, present Steve, and future Steve.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're
1: all they're all out there. They're all there. Um, past Steve did that. I mean, I remember. Uh, you know, trying to stay in really good shape. So I would get up, I would drink a cup of coffee, I would go to work. And we had, you know, morning muster where we would do accountability and everybody would talk. And then after that, a scoop of pre-workout. So you're drinking the coffee and then you're having a pre-workout. So you're basically about to explode. So if you don't go work out, <laughs> you, you might explode.
0: Yeah, we talked about those pre-workouts and how some of them will even say, do not exceed. Warning, do There's not There's a warning exceed. label. Yeah. And do not use with other caffeinated products. And you were doing that?
1: Oh, oh, everybody <laughs> did that. Oh my gosh. I mean, talk about abusing supplements that, uh, you know, we were the king of that. And I did that and it just felt like I was just being in shape because you could overstimulate and then go kill a workout. And you felt like, ah, oh, man, I really got that workout. So I'm getting healthy. But what you don't see is the Is like you said, the adrenal fatigue that comes later on down the road, where now you've become so overstimulated, you can't can't have a workout without being super stimulated.
0: Exactly. And then you feel like, oh, if if you have a bad day and you take a stimulant, then once you get into that adrenal fatigue, then all of a sudden those stimulants don't work anymore and you're really screwed then. Oh, yeah. So that means something's really wrong. But... When we're talking about not pushing ourselves when we're tired, I think that was this has been the biggest struggle for me is to learn when to push past my my point where I'm like, oh, this is really hard, and to push a little further to get better, and then when to back off because I'm about to hurt myself. <laughs> that's a hard line.
1: It is hard, and that's why when that's why you have to program your rest, and that's the you know the biggest mistake people don't do is they don't program their rest weeks where they're going to just recover, and if you just push push push, and you're, all of a sudden your body has to tell you, I need a break, uh, and you continue to push. That is when you can get hurt or when you can go deeper into fatigue and and you know go past the point of any uh, any gains whatsoever.
0: So like if somebody like me this last week, I've had this shoulder thing and I've been working on it and now it's gone down into a crick and I've got like the crick in my uh, scapula. And I know this isn't diet related. This is Melody pushing herself, lifting weights heavy with a couple of really bad forms a couple of times that injured my shoulder. Um, so how do how does someone take that and work The next week towards getting better and what can someone do
1: well for so when you get to that point where you're like all right this is my recovery week um, what type of exercises are you going to do and we recommend a a lot of stuff Um, yoga is a great one because uh, most people don't focus enough on mobility and flexibility so incorporating a week where I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to go for a walk or I'm just going to do go outside and just stretch
0: Yeah, that's been really hard for me. (laughs) I've spent so much time this last week just, like, working on shoulder stretching and movement. And I feel like it's kind of boring, (laughs) but at the same time, I know mobility is working out because if I can't have, like you said, that flexibility, that mobility, Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to get injured. And I'm not going to get any better. And I'll tell you, being 46 and starting doing, to do things like Olympic lifting at this stage in life, I'm just more likely to get hurt than the 20-year-old. I am. that I accept that. Mm-hmm. So I have to be more careful. And we like to really hit on that 40 and over. You can start doing all of this stuff. But it is a little bit different when you get up over 40, especially if you've had kind of a crappy diet before. You know, you have to you have to learn to take care of the joints and that that range of motion.
1: Mm-hmm. And and that's where, like, like you said, over forty, where the recovery week is is really important. I mean, I remember being in twenties and early thirties that I, I don't ever remember taking a week off. Like I, I just every every week I tried to do more. Every week of every you know year I was trying right. to do more, and that's what causes injuries.
0: You know, and I could sit here and say, somebody could say, well, it's probably your keto diet. That's why you hurt your shoulder. You know, (laughs) a lot of people will blame their new way of eating, especially when they come into a ketogenic diet or a a carnivore diet. All of a sudden, something will happen. They'll be active. They'll get hurt. They'll twist their ankle. Oh, it's probably that keto diet.
1: Right. You I fell know. down and I uh, broke my arm. I've been eating carnivore for nine days. It's probably that carnivore diet. It's that diet.
0: carnivore diet. You know, when I was in third grade, and this is a funny story. I know you know this, but they don't. <laughs> You've heard it like 20 times. So I was in gymnastics. I did gymnastics. I did all the things as a kid. And I was in the living room. We In our living room, my mom was cool. She let me do cartwheels and crap all in the house. And, um, I was running through the kitchen into the living room to do this round off whatever. And I tripped and I fell on my right arm and broke my arm, both bones. I don't know what these bones are called, but in my forearm, I don't know the names of bones. I can tell you your whole digestive tract though, um, So I broke these bones smooth in half. I mean, completely in half. My arm was shaped like a U on my forearm. And I always thought, gosh, I must have fallen just right. And then when I really started learning about nutrition, I realized, no, I had really crappy, soft bones as a kid because my parents let me have so much sugar. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, now at least, like we had that DEXA scan, and I know my bones are pretty strong now. Mm -hmm. I have good bone density. But I still have that little fear that, like, I have these, like, brittle, like, rubbery bones. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna <laughs> lift weights and I'm gonna come back inside with these U shaped arms.
1: <laughs> well, coming from somebody that I've broken just about every bone in my body. I mean, I know. Almost all of them. Um, so uh, I'm definitely experienced with breaking bones. And I, and I had the same issue. I don't, my diet wasn't great as a kid. I, you know, I grew up on Sugar Bear and. Um, whatever else my parents fed me because there was no education on diet. There was none. No, there was You ate what you could afford. That was it. Well, there
0: was education on diet. We've been posting about that. (laughs) All those ads we found from the 60s and 70s, the education was your kids are going to have all this fatigue if you don't give them sugar every day. And apparently it worked because I had access to all the sugar I wanted. Now, a lot of it was fruit, but I had every flavor of welch's soda that I ever would want to have that they ever made. Yeah. And you know, I just look back at breaking my arm like that and some other things. I had cavities and all these things and the sugar that contributed to all of those all of those issues and now keto diet for the last what? 3 years and then we've been carnivore for 9 months. And my bone density is really good. And I don't have to really worry too much about getting out there and having these soft bones anymore. But a lot of people will get out and they'll start trying to do things. And maybe they haven't dialed in their diet for that long and something happens. Then you look back and go, oh, it must be this keto diet that caused me to do to have this injury. When a lot of times it's your body healing You know, you'll have, or it's past diet that you have some issues going on.
1: Well, okay, so that's a good point. You you know, issues and now people blame this stuff on their diet because a lot of people will be like, hey, I'm going to, I want to do a marathon, you know, with this keto diet help. I'm like, oh yeah, it would help. Could you, could you do a marathon before that? No, I've never done a marathon in my life. Well, okay, we got to look at that and put it in (laughs) scope. (laughs) <laughs> of, of it's not magic. Yeah. Now, nutrition is very healing and, and you will feel better. And, you know, we've talked about some other things this week about about your microbiome. And, and I was reading about people that were uh, vegans and even fruitarians, fruitarians, however you want to look Fruit, at it. Yeah. And talking about how they're thriving on, on a vegan or a fruitarian diet. And I don't want to come at them because we say this all the time. You can't tell someone that what they're doing, they can't do it.
0: Right. If they're
1: doing it and they're fine, then you can't tell them they can't. And why is it like that? Well, if you break it down and you analyze, um, you know, the fruitarians have, they had a lot of fiber. That were bragging about how much fiber they had. Well, your body takes that fiber and it breaks it down into saturated fat and butyrate. So there was a whole paper on how eating more fiber makes you healthy. Well, the reason was, is that fiber, your body just turns that into saturated fat and butyrate. And that's why... It's healthy, and, and it depends on the person and their microbiome. If those people that were vegan or fruitarians have a, a really good microbiome that's efficient at changing that fiber or those, those foods into saturated fat, then they're going to be okay, but I don't think most people can do that. I don't think most people can eat a lot of um, vegetables and fruits and turn it uh, efficiently into saturated fat and butyrate for energy
0: yeah I think you have to look back like we were talking about being a kid, and just the fact if you're if you were born vaginally or by c section, that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. If you had rounds of antibiotics, that makes a difference. If you have been exposed to things like if you had mono as a kid or as an adult, that makes a difference. So all of these different things go into that digestive system. Uh, working efficiently or not. And you might have had issues in the past where it's just compromised. And that's not going to be your most efficient way to get saturated fat. And butyrate is eating a whole bunch of fruit, you know, or all fruit right. or all vegetables. It might be better for most people to go the short route, the most efficient route.
1: Go the easy route. And that was my point as reading this study where this, the, the conclusion of the study was you should eat more fiber. And if you read the study, though, they focus on you eat fiber, it makes saturated fat and butyrate, and that's good for your brain and your body. So my point was you're not saying fiber's good. You're saying saturated fat and butyrate is good. Why don't you just eat it instead of try to ferment it?
0: Right, and where you get that from? Butyrate is a great source. Is grass-fed butter. Right. And where do you get saturated fat? Well, you also get that from from butter and from fatty cuts of meat and all kinds of uh, things like even coconut oil. Even though if you're carnivore, um, but keto people eating um, the coconut oil and things like that, that's almost all saturated fat. Mm-hmm. So, egg yolks, all those fun things that. It's a shortcut. Nature made us a shortcut. <laughs>
1: right. And, and, I, and I think that that whole process of being able to ferment foods and turn it into saturated fat muterate is an adaption thing. That's a, that's a survival technique that our body uh, put in place for when, you know, animals weren't available and we were starving and all we could get was the small amounts of uh, berries or some tubers that we could snack on.
0: Right, and then you're able to turn that into the saturated fat and into the butyrate that your body needs. And we know that, you know, we talked about before the colon and that it really likes ketones. Butyrate turns into ketones Mm -hmm. to feed the colon cells. And here's the thing. You just want to go the short route and get the most efficient way of making that for your body to have the best health. It's really all found in red meat. And... I mean I can't say that everyone should do it because you know like those people they're living on fruit they say they feel great I can't I can't say they don't I
1: can't I can't tell them you don't feel great and and that's the thing is you read that and you have to you have to look at it objectively I can't just go no you can't do that that's incorrect
0: yeah, you don't feel great.
1: You don't feel great. That's what you're <laughs> lying to me. And that's what most not most people. That's what some people will say to people who are eating a carnivore or a, or a keto diet. They'll say that they're lying that They'll you don't say really feel
0: great. Yeah, it's a it's placebo. It's a placebo effect. Oh, everybody's getting healthy on a carnivore diet. It's just a placebo. Okay. Well, hmm. uh I don't know. Um, You know, some interesting things that do happen when you do take out all of those fruits and vegetables and you do go carnivore, we talked about a while back about oxalates and things. So I had never experienced this before. We went carnivore. I had a couple of things that happened. One of them was like on one of my knuckles, a knot came up and I was like, what the heck? It's the carnivore diet. It's doing this to me. (laughs) And... You know, and it was, it was kind of painful. If I tried to press down with my finger, my knuckle would just kind of hurt. And I started learning more and more about that, that, oh, oxalates from things like spinach and uh, a whole bunch of other vegetables. I'll just say spinach because I know they're high in oxalates and I ate a crap ton of spinach and kale and stuff. And... It, it will be in your tissue. It will, like, deposit in your tissue. And then when you take out all those foods, then your body will release it to try to start breaking it down and get rid of it. And what it did was it, what I found out later, was it deposited in, it will deposit in joints. And sometimes it'll be a knot that will raise up, like, it looks like rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. And so... When you say, oh, it's this diet. Well, yeah, it kind of was the carnivore diet that did that because I started breaking things down in my body that shouldn't have been there. Mm -hmm. And it kind of felt like I was injured all over (laughs) because I had the knot on my finger. I had a skin breakout. Any normal person probably would have quit the diet at that point because I was starting to get kind of miserable
1: Well, your body is very smart. And if, if you have a lot of, of weight to you to lose a lot of fat, you know, your body is not going to dump it all, especially if you have a lot of oxalates deposited in that fatty tissue, your body is just not going to dump it all at one time because it has to process that.
0: Yeah. And it was, you know, even my son who went carnivore, he had a knot come up on his wrist. It was the same exact kind as mine. And it was an, it was oxalate related. It was really interesting And it just takes time for that to go away. Mine's completely gone now. Um, It lasted for about five months. So I was almost to the point where I was like going to go to the doctor and say, hey, look at this. What is this? He probably would have said, oh, let's put you on some (laughs) anti-inflammatories. Right. And I would have been like, no. But I pushed through it, but I kind of knew what was happening. And that's the big thing. You need to know what's happening to your body. Whether you're working out and you get injured, don't blame it on your diet. You need to know if something starts to detox in your body, what you're looking at. And that's why sometimes people do need a coach. You know, They need a coach with lifting and, and with their workouts and when to plan that week. And they also need someone to tell them, hey, you're not dying. You don't have rheumatoid arthritis. This is an oxalate issue, or whatever it might be. This is a detox issue,
1: right? And speaking of coach, we do health coaching. Uh, Melody is an nutritional therapy practitioner, so she deals with this stuff. And and it does. It's very crucial to have a coach because you need that uh, non-biased opinion that can look at what you're eating and how you feel and what your symptoms are and can make the determination. Because a lot of times, um, you know, when it's your own body. You make the wrong decision. You just you. It's hard to make that unbiased decision. When somebody else can look at it and go, "Oh, you're doing this. That relates to this." It really helps. You know, kind of make you feel more comfortable with the nutritional path you're trying to take.
0: Oh yeah, and you know, like with people working out, um, like you mentioned the marathon. So how many people or articles or whatever have we read or taught people we've talked to who've gone keto, they're going into like a training season. And then they're like a weekend. They didn't give themselves time to keto adapt. And they're like, this diet doesn't work. I have no energy. I can't do this. I'm going back to eating all my carbs. And, it happens so often because they just don't give themselves time.
1: They don't give themselves time to, to adapt. And I have a lot of other theories on you know, adapting and how eating too many carbs can affect your body in a negative way. Like if, if anybody has ever heard of rhabdomyolysis, which is what people get when they work out too hard and their body will start cannibalizing muscle. It's, and it's very, it's very, very dangerous. You can die. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my thoughts is, is I, I don't understand it because your body has plenty of fuel because it has plenty of fat. Why is it cannibalizing? And my opinion is that, is that they have carved up so much. Now their body refuses to use fat as a fuel. So instead of going when it runs out of glycogen, it goes straight to protein. And now it starts cannibalizing your muscle and it has to process that. And it's very, very hard on your body.
0: Oh, I know. I, I've known a couple of people who've had rhabdomyolysis, and they were in the hospital for a good while. Yeah, you can die. Oh yeah, you can absolutely die from that. So it, that's scary.
1: It is, and, and I just think that they've they've carb so much, and they've they've intra workout carb so much that their body has refused to change over.
0: Yeah, and when you don't give yourself time to do that adaptation. And you, you try to go get, a, most of these people, they'll go get on the treadmill, right? Or
1: mm-hmm. they'll go
0: get on an elliptical and they'll be like, I'm tired, I'm being overweight, I'm gonna go get on the treadmill and I'm gonna go for two hours as hard as I can go, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's when it happens. Mm-hmm. It's like they get on the treadmill, their body runs out of glycogen, and they just go into rhabdomyolysis, and that's when the ambulance is called. Well
1: usually what happens is they go they run out of glycogen and they just they just stop because yeah. they, they can't go anymore because they're they're out of energy. And and they really are because their body only knows how to use those glycogen stores. And that's it. And once you run out of those it, it won't switch. It won't go to that secondary fuel or that primary fuel really, which is the, the, the fat and the ketones. And you have to reteach your body how to do that. Now when we were young children, you could eat a, a high amount of carbohydrates and still switch over. And you didn't have that issue because, you know, uh, a young body is so virile and it's so, uh, you know, effective at, at using fuels that it was switched from glycogen to fat and no problem at all. It
0: hasn't broken yet. It hasn't, it hasn't
1: broken <laughs> they yet. They
0: haven't broken themselves yet. But after, It you takes know, a while to break yourself. That's it, that's the one thing that is really interesting about human beings it takes us, it, we're very hard to kill. Oh my we gosh. do not want to die. You no. know this by experience. Um, but it, we're very hard to to uh, break. Mm-hmm. It's hard to break the body. It's hard, your body doesn't want to die. It just doesn't. There's this natural survival instinct inside of us. We want to live. And w- it'll take years for you to break down your body but what we're seeing now is that it's happening younger and younger and younger. It is. And that's that Pottinger's theory, cat theory, that we talk about a lot, where if your parents were healthy, fairly healthy, then you eat like crap. Then the next generation is going to be a little less healthy. <laughs> and it just keeps compounding. It's like compound interest.
1: Well, now that we're seeing you know, teenagers that, that show up with type 2 diabetes, and I, I've seen how... Uh, how many teenagers are obese at high school? I, I watch all the kids come out of high school when I pick our son up in the afternoon. I, I can see all the teenagers coming out. They're extremely obese, and it's a lot of them. So that is a health crisis.
0: It and, is a health crisis. And
1: you're right. The body is hard to kill. <laughs> the problem is now people, we keep saying people are living longer, but are they actually living?
0: No, they're living in, in severe illness for
1: for you know, 20 managing years.
0: illness for a long they're time they're
1: managing the last 20 years of their life and they're in a chair in their house or if they go out they're on a scooter uh, they're not actually living life they' they are existing in a small space and they're uh, they're existing very uncomfortably
0: well you know it's like when you're so we live next door to Steve's dad and his dad how's your dad?
1: He is 69.
0: He's 69. Most active man you'll ever meet. <laughs> he came over last night, comes in the back door. I look over, and he's all sweaty. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> 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 and he's just doing stuff. He's probably dropped at least 40 pounds since he No, he's dropped,
1: he dropped was, over 50 pounds over since 50 we've started pounds. doing this. Yeah.
0: So he started doing a ketogenic diet, and he dropped, like you said, over 50 pounds um, he lost his pregnancy belly <laughs> yeah. and his
1: fuel tank. As his we fuel to tank
0: yeah. And now he comes over and he's, he'll tell, he'll joke with Steve. I'm skinnier than you. And, yeah, he does. And he does. And he came over last night and they were going to go to Walmart and just looking at him. We're like, we go to the same Walmart. Okay. And he's a, he's what we call an outlier mm-hmm. yep. for his age. For any age, really, he's an outlier. He's thin and fit for his age, and he doesn't have a belly. And he's the he's the abnormal now.
1: Yeah, he's out today constructing constructing a, a huge metal building that he's been working on for months. Um, he we see him leave the house about seven o'clock. Yeah, ish every morning, and he goes out and he and he works all day long doing physical activity things that most human beings can't do.
0: Right. So it's impressive. Yeah. And and like we say, just his body composition for his age, he is the outlier now. He's Mm -hmm. not the norm. That used to be normal for people. And now it's normal to be really overweight. And to have diabetes, and that just doctors will even tell you this is part of getting old.
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: And that's scary.
1: Part of getting part of getting old is not getting sick. That's that's uh, if anybody any doctor ever tells you that you need to fire that doctor immediately.
0: Oh yeah, if they tell you diabetes is a progressive disease that has no cure, then you need to leave.
1: Because because uh, like I said, my dad's sixty nine. He's on zero medications. Um, he eats a, a more keto-ish diet. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say they're 100% keto because they're, um, they're they still have a little fat fear, but
0: yeah, a little bit of fat fear and a little bit of potato every now and again, <laughs> which is totally fine. He's super active They're
1: healthy and that's the thing is, is you know, you eat what is healthy for you and, and if if a little bit of keto is healthy or even just low carb, Uh, And there's a difference between those two diets, between low-carb and keto. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a difference between keto and carnivore. That's why we say we're ketovore. We add a few things every once in a while that would not be considered a carnivore diet. But we do them because we feel healthy.
0: Oh, yeah. And, like, your dad will come over. And he'll come over. Now, granted, it's super hot outside all summer, right? It's been, over like, 108-degree days. He'd come over and he'd be like, man so tired well he's been working outside all day and he's like i don't know why i'm so tired and we're like well you're 69 you've been outside working all day in 108 degree weather it seems like that's normal that's not the diet (laughs) that's not like there's nothing wrong with you right this is part of rest and recovery time
1: that is expected you should go drink some water and sit on your couch and relax a little bit you've been working all day
0: and that's, you know, then I'm I talking to him and I'm preaching to the choir because I need to listen to myself and when that, it comes to rest and recovery. And that
1: brings us about, back to the whole point of this is allow yourself rest and recovery. Allow that. If you plan it, it's better than pushing to the point where your body has to tell you. It works better that way. Yeah. But don't get down on yourself if you feel like you need some rest and recovery. Just Just do it right.
0: And if you haven't started working out, then make sure you incorporate this immediately. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> well, you know, even if, even if you're not working out, some people just have an active job. You know, yeah. they, you know, they work for their power company or they work for UPS or FedEx or uh, they do construction. You know, they have an active job. You don't have to be out there working out in the gym, doing no. cardio, lifting weights. Um, You know, so for some people, their life is their workout.
0: Right. And knowing that there is an appropriate level of tiredness or fatigue that goes along with just living Mm -hmm. and that it's not your diet and you don't have to blame that if you're keto, you're going to have days where you're tired. And that that has happened so many times. We've gotten the question so many times about like, you know, I've been keto for three weeks and all of a sudden I'm just so tired. Oh, well, that's probably pretty, pretty, pretty normal. That's probably kind of normal for any diet. Well, it doesn't.
1: Again, it could be anything. It's not necessarily the food you just ate or you've been eating for the past three weeks. It could be you missed your electrolytes or you had a hard workout or uh, you didn't sleep well or maybe there's some allergies or maybe you were fighting off a sickness. There's so many things that you have to uh, check off the list before you just come back and go. I'm not, you know, it's my diet. I'm not getting the proper nutrients or I'm not absorbing them.
0: Right. And absorbing the nutrients is the big thing. And we've talked about, it. we've harped on that one. Oh yeah. You've got to be able to absorb your food <laughs> so you can eat the best diet in the world. And, um, you can still feel like crap because you're just not absorbing what you're eating. Right.
1: You're maybe, maybe you're not eating enough food. You're restricting your diet. And I, I'm not going to say restricting calories because we don't, we don't believe in calories. Calories no. calories don't make energy. Nutrients make energy. Nutrients you eat that you absorb converge to energy. Calories are just made up BS.
0: They are. They're stupid. Okay. I don't do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've talked a lot about uh, a lot of different things. We wanted to focus on rest and recovery. You got anything to add before we let everyone else go about their, their daily lives?
0: No, I got some stuff for next week, I think, but I'm going to hold off. Okay, good. I'm going to hold off on that.
1: All right, well, we appreciate everyone listening, and we hope that you go out there, and you eat fat, and you prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review.
0: Don't forget to send your questions to thetkquestions at gmail.com, and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.